Hey guys, I'm Anali. And I'm Hannah. And welcome to the Through Faith Podcast. Where we share insight on how to keep your faith in God strong through dating, school, and just life in general. We are so thankful that you're joining us on our podcast episode today. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Through Faith Podcast for updates on when we release a new episode and for more content. Hey guys, I'm Hannah and I'm a co-host of Through Faith. And I'm Manali, the other co-host. And welcome to our sixth episode of the third season. We say this every time we get on here, but it is like insane to us that we're already on season three and now we're already on episode six. Um, And this has been a great season so far. We've had a lot of great guests on here um, and I'll let Manali talk about that in a little bit. But um, today's episode is going to be about the five love languages and we put a poll on Instagram the other day because I had been wanting to do um, this episode but then like as me and Manali were talking about it we were like well like you know would people actually listen to that like is that something people are interested in and you guys voted yes to that which I was really surprised Um, and we're going to talk about all of those topics that we had on our Instagram what were they they were um, love languages relationship Q&A um how to be confident in yourself and oh and then what it means to work on yourself yes. yeah so um you know all of those were things that we wanted to talk about just in general but we were like well what order should we do it in what do people want to hear and so surprisingly everybody else wanted to hear the love language one and I was really excited because that was the one I wanted to do and I've been wanting to do this for such a long time because Manali and I are both very like passionate about the love languages and we really believe they are beneficial to relationships marriage and not just dating relationships but like you know, relationships with your family, your parents, your siblings, your friends, like they are all very beneficial. But we will get into that in just a little bit. So if this is your first time joining us, welcome. And I'm going to let Manali explain to you um, who we are, what we're about, and some of the episodes that we've done in the past. Yes, so Hannah and I are two best friends who have known each other for 10 or... We're going on 11 years. 11 years now. Yay! Um, And we started this podcast as a way to share some knowledge and wisdom that God is teaching us and has taught us along the way. Um, We have walked through many different seasons together, so uh, this podcast is an outlet for all of the things that we have learned and are learning. Um, Like Hannah said, we have three seasons, and this is our sixth episode. Um, Our first season kind of talks about um, general Christian topics like how to weigh and setting yourself apart. Um, Our second episode uh, talks about um, athletes in the Christian world and um, a lot of relationship topics as well as how to be single as a Christian. Um, And our third season features a lot of guests, um, friends that we've grown up with, and teachers in our community who um, talk a lot about what it means to be a Christian in college and what it means to uh, be a woman in Christ in the community. And then also a TikTok star. And a TikTok star as well. <laughs> Shout out to Alyssa. She's listening to this. That was um, that was another one of our favorite um, episodes that we did. Um, and we found her off of TikTok. <laughs> um But yeah, so that's a little bit about who we are, and we're really excited for even finishing out the rest of this season, Um, and Manali and I are both really looking forward to our very next episode that will come out on Mother's Day, the Friday before Mother's Day, and it's a Mother's Day special, and so we're really excited for that one, but we don't want to talk too much about it yet, but it's going to be really, really special, and we're really excited for it. Um, But anyway, so we are going to go ahead and get into question of the week, and that was mine this week, and so I made it um, kind of pretty much relate to what our topic was. So Manali and I both took the five love language tests, and you can do it as a single person and um, in a relationship. So we took both because we both have been single and in relationships. So we know what it's like to um, kind of apply the love languages in both areas. So we both have our um, current and updated love language results. And surprisingly, I think yours changed a little bit. And then mine mine changed a lot. <laughs> and I was really surprised um, to see my results. And we both took it. You took yours last night. I took mine today, like during class, like right before we did it. Um, 
and I took both of them and mine are slightly different from being single and in a relationship and I think yours are too so we're gonna talk about that um so we're gonna talk about what all five of the love languages are and what they mean when we actually get into the episode. But what we mean whenever it applies as a single person and in a relationship is whenever you're single, these are the love languages that apply when you interact with your friends, um, your family members, or like even strangers, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then in a relationship, obviously, like how you interact with like the person you're dating or who you're married to, which is why I really like this episode because love languages don't ever end. Like they actually are a resource to help your relationship last um, a really long time even. Mm -hmm. So what they are, they are um, receiving gifts, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, and quality time. So we're going to go in more depth about those in a little bit, but um I'm going to go ahead and go first and share my results. So, um, what they were, we took this test when, like, my junior year of high school. Was it really that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like <laughs> four years ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyways, that's crazy. So we took it junior year and I don't have the results like physically anymore, but I do remember them because we used to talk about it all the time. My first one was quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and then receiving gifts. That was junior year of high school. As of today, um, and that was for being in a relationship. I'm, I think, yeah, yeah, I was in a relationship junior year, so I think that was from the relationship perspective. But my updated results from a single person as of 2022 was 37% quality time, 27% words of affirmation, 20% acts of service, 10% receiving gifts, and 7% physical touch. <laughs> so that was like interacting like with strangers and like, you know, not strangers, friends and family. <laughs> um, and then in a relationship, I got 32% quality time, 29% words of affirmation, 16% acts of service, 13% physical touch, and then 10% receiving gifts. That was really surprising to me, especially, I guess, going back to junior year, like physical touch was really up there and now they're both on the bottom for me. And it makes a lot of sense because um, I think yours are somewhat similar to mine, but um, as far as like, um, interacting with our friends and family, we have like a joke because our other friend, Allison, and she's on one of our episodes that we interview, hers is very much a uh, physical touch. That is her number one love language. We talk about it and joke about it all the time, but it's just funny because Manali and I are both not, you know, very touchy people. Manali is a little bit better than me, <laughs> a little bit. So, um, she actually is, you know, can be good about like giving people hugs and like, you know, comforting and all of that. And I am not, <laughs> I don't like to hug people. Like I am uncomfortable and it's not because I don't like you. It's not because it just, I don't know. That's just, I get a little uncomfortable when people touch me or hug me. Um, so we just have like a joke, like whenever she comes home, I'm like, you're the only person that I'll hug, like, and you're the only exception. Yep. Um, but yeah, those were mine. All right. I'll go. Do you want to go now? I mean, <laughs> you're the only option of who gets to go next. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to say anything else. That's why I waited. Okay. No. My single results were... Um, words of affirmation is 37%, quality time is 27%, acts of service is 20%, receiving gifts is 17%, and physical touch is 0%. <laughs> like <laughs> Hannah, I am not very um, comfortable with being touched. <laughs> and so, for my in a relationship, um, my quality time is 33%, words of affirmation is 27%, Physical touch is 27%, acts of service is 13%, and receiving gifts is 0%. Wait, are ours the same? Oh, wait, no. The only difference was the physical touch. So you tied, actually, for physical touch and words of affirmation. That's interesting. Which is actually the same thing I had junior year. Is it really? Yeah. That's crazy. That didn't change very much. <clears throat> Which I think the percentages might have been different, but I definitely tied for words of affirmation and physical touch as yeah. second place. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's crazy that, like, I guess you're... Because I didn't really think love languages ever changed. I thought they just kind of changed or stayed the same. And mine changed a lot. <laughs> I was really, really surprised. I think sometimes, you depending on, like, now outside of a relationship, it can be different. Mm -hmm. But, like, in a relationship, depending on the person you date, that can, 
you know, change <laughs> whatever yeah. love language. Because, I mean, sometimes you have to accommodate to what they're giving you. And yeah. obviously that's not always the best thing because you should be accommodating to each other's anyways. Yeah. But, you know, if they're not giving you words of affirmation, maybe you have to change to, like, physical touch or something. Mm-hmm. Which can which can be hard because I, I have that struggle. Like, because physical touch is so like down there for me it can be a struggle to understand like why would somebody want to hug when they're upset you know I I understand it now I get it (laughs) but I just know like for me I'm like oh like please don't hug me like please don't touch me you know um but now like you understand like why that could be somebody's love language like why they would want that because to me it means so much like if I'm sad or upset the last thing I want is a hug like it just is it's not I just don't want it it's just gonna make it worse but if you're sitting there and you're telling me like hey it's gonna be okay you're gonna get through this that is that is one of my love languages like that's what I want quality Mm -hmm. time and words of affirmation because that's just that's just me and um and it's it's funny because Manali and I really know each I mean we've known each other for gosh like what do we say? 10, 11 years. Like 10, 11. 11 going, years. On, going on 11, I think. <laughs> um, we've known each other for so long. We have kind of learned each other's love language and we know what works like for the other person. And even now, um, if we ever have like sleepovers or like stay the night with each other, like it is just understood like because we hate like like, not to sound weird, but it's like, you know, usually, like, when girls have sleepovers, like, we all just, like, kind of pile in the bed, and, like, it's not weird. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's, like, weird for a guy or not, but, like, for girls, like, that's not really weird or anything. Right. Um, but now, like, when she comes over, she's like, all right, I'm going to bed, and she's gonna go in the guest bedroom, and I'm gonna stay in my bed, and that is how we like it, (laughs) because I don't want to be touched when I'm sleeping. I don't want somebody to kick me. Like, you know, it's just understood she goes in there, and I go here because we cannot stand when people touch us, and that is fine with us, whereas some people might consider that as, like, rude, or, like, why don't they, you know, why don't they, like, we do not care, and we are very happy with that way. Um, but it's yeah. been a settled agreement for many years now. <laughs> it has been. And I like I told Manali is because sometimes we still work on while the other person is upset, like, you know, what do you what do you do? Like when that person is feeling discouraged or they're crying, um, and it's taken us a while to figure out how to kind of like navigate through that with each other and with each other's love language. But I think we share the quality time. That's our top one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um Manali and I are pretty good about, like, just sitting down and having a conversation with each other using encouraging words, and, like, she knows I don't want to hug. Like, I know she doesn't want to hug. Like, <laughs> so it, it just works for us, you yeah. know? But some people, like, I've had to learn, like, um, I'm, I'm not going to pick on Allison, but, like, you know, because her love language is physical touch, like, if she's upset, she probably wants a hug. So I'm going to have to, like, suck it up for a second and, like, give her a big hug and be like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um because that's just what we do. Whenever we're here to serve others, um, that's what we do. We have to accommodate to that person's love language. Right. Um, I guess I could give, like, an, I'm not going to talk too much on this, but I could give another example of literally, like, what happened today. And I'm going to pick on you for a second. But we were sitting in um, at the Chick-fil-A um, table in the restaurant or whatever. And Manali was telling me about her favorite pencil that she was using. <laughs> and I got on my phone. I was I was listening to her, but I wasn't, like, looking at her, and I wasn't looking at her pencil. And so then all of a sudden she stops, and she's like, you're not even looking at my pencil. Are you even paying attention? <laughs> and, of course, we're both, like, laughing at it. But that is a good example. Like, her love language is quality time, which <laughs> factors into, like, hey, I want you to get off your phone, like, look at me, look at my pencil, like, (laughs) and I'm like, I love your pencil, Manali, it's great, (laughs) um, but, you know, so that's just, like, another example of, like, if somebody's love language is quality time, like, put the phone down, actually pay attention to them, listen to what they're saying, like, I'm very sorry I didn't listen to you about your pencil earlier, I'm very sorry I was on my phone not looking, (laughs) okay, I'm just glad you looked at my pencil, (laughs) um, but, yeah, Anyways, that's what I, that's all I have for the introduction and question of the week. Did you have anything else you want to, like, add or say? No. No? Okay. Well, we're really excited for this episode, so we're just going to go ahead and get into it. Okay, so to start off, we're going to explain the five different love languages and what they are and kind of how they came to be. So, the five love languages were founded by Dr. Gary Chapman. 
Um, and if you don't know who he is, he has a lot of degrees. <laughs> um, he is a very big Christian. Um, so all of these are pretty, um, you know, religious based and everything, even though like they don't necessarily like have to be, I guess. But if you're a Christian, like these very much apply um, biblically as well. And we'll explain a little bit um, of that towards the end. Um, but he wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. And that was published, this surprised me, it was published in 1992. And I, I just, it was that old. I, that's what I was saying. I thought it was created like, you know, last, like maybe 10 years. I don't know. And I was like, dang, yeah. 1992. And that's just how much people, you know, believe in the five love languages because they really, I believe they really, really work. And they are a very good resource for um a relationship so and he's actually written like different versions like there's like a military edition which can be for couples who are long distance and um he even explains in there like what if you're long distance and your partner's love language is physical touch you know and so we'll explain that a little bit um but what they are I'm gonna pull this up because I'm gonna go like strictly off of what the five love languages website says each of them are so the first one is words of affirmation and that one says actions don't always speak louder than words if this is your love language unsolicited compliments me mean the world to you hearing the words i love you are important hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirit skyward insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten you thrive on hearing kind and encouraging words that build you up okay and then the next one is quality time. And in quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby makes you feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed activities, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Whether it's spending uninterrupted time talking with someone else or doing activities together, you deepen your connection with others through sharing time. And can you read the next two? Yes. Acts of service is the next one. And it talks about anything you can do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he had, he or she most wants to hear, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. When others serve you out of love and not obligation, you feel truly valued and loved. And the last one is um, receiving gifts. Um, don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday or a hasty, thoughtless gift should be would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are heartfelt symbols to you of someone else's love and affection for you. I think we missed... Um, Physical touch. Was I think that the next one? Yeah, that's the last one, I okay. think. Um, but that one is a person whose primary love language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, and thoughtful touches on the arm, they can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. Um, so yeah, those are the... Um, like the descriptions of the five love languages and Manali and I have gone through and given you ours. So we are just going to go through each one of them individually. And Manali um, has a lot of notes that she's going to um, go through for those. She did much better than I did with preparing for this. Um, so I'm going to let her go first and we're going to go through each one. And like I said, explain what they are. Um, how it can reply, apply in a relationship, um, how it applies biblically, um, and like as far as friendships with parents and everything like that. So, go for it. Yes. So, for quality time, I kind of like redid the definition of it based on what the Five Love Languages website said and put that it is time intentionally spent with your significant other, friend, or family member. And um, kind of put some sub points with it as well. And the first one is that quality time does not have to be money spent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be misconstrued sometimes that um, quality time means going on fancy dates or um, just spending a lot of money to get that quality time. And it that is could not be further from the truth. Um, quality time can be as easy as sitting on the couch next to each other like the website had said and just talking about how your day was and like how you've been feeling lately or um like if you're into sports going out to a baseball field or a soccer field and just playing the sport together and truly enjoying time uninterrupted with each other um do you um yeah just to kind of building off of what you're saying I actually I listen to a podcast and a YouTube video, um, or a few of them yesterday, like, that was more, like, my preparation is, like, listening to, um, interviews with Dr. Chapman and everything like that, and actually, I thought it was interesting, um, because you would think men and women would have different love language, love languages just across the board, and a lot of the times they do, but it's actually shown that quality time is the number one, um, love language for both men and women, and I think that is just kind of, like, It's just crazy because you look at it nowadays and social media and phones are such a big part of our society that you can see where quality time is just lacking in Mm -hmm. relationships and marriages um, just across the board. So like you said, um, this is undivided attention and, you know, this is my love language and it's, you know, yours too. So it means a lot to me personally when specifically I'm with somebody and they're not on their phone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're not getting on their phone the whole time. Like, that shows me, like, you're not getting bored with me. Like, you actually want to be with me and you actually want to spend time with me. Um, obviously, I like to talk. <laughs> I like having somebody that um, will listen to what I have to say and, like, they care about what I'm saying. Um, and, yeah, like, it doesn't – you don't have to pay money. Like, I like to go on walks, like, around the neighborhood and stuff. Like, that's another – um, one of mine, so, and then I guess if we're gonna relate it back, like, biblically, how I was thinking about this was, um, you know, we don't grow in our relationship with Christ unless we have quality time, like, that is the number one love language for, like, you and Christ, is, um, and Dr. Chapman was explaining how God even conforms to your love language, too, he is, um, he is every single one of them, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. so growing in that relationship with Christ comes from sitting there, reading your Bible, spending uninterrupted, undivided um, time and attention with the Lord, and, you know, that's, that nurtures the relationship, that helps it grow, you know, so. Yeah, I'd say that as well, that that's where he fills us up the most, and where we can pour our hearts out the easiest, And one of the other things that I'd said was, like, if vulnerability calls, don't be scared to answer. Because quality time is where um, the door to vulnerability can open up the most. Mm -hmm. And one of those, um, one of the ways that quality time can really be found in, like, my friendships and my relationships is um, driving in the car. Because usually that's when... It's just me and that other person, and we can open up our hearts and not have to worry about other people listening or, you know, we can just find that vulnerability really easily. That's where the best conversations come from. Like, I can't even tell you. That's how me and Manali decided to start a podcast. We were in the car having conversations, and we were like, we have really deep conversations in the car. Like, what if we shared this with other people, and people just listen to our conversations? And so that's, like, where that came from. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. And then my last point on this was quality does not equal quantity. Yeah. Um, It does not matter if you hang out with somebody seven days a week for like eight hours. Um, If that that time is not well spent and intentional with that person, especially if their love language language is quality time, like their number one love language, Mm -hmm. um, that time is not going to be as meaningful to them as um, two hours spent once a week where you are intentionally... Um, paying attention to them and not getting on your phone and um, doing it right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's true. Um, like, for me personally, it means a lot to me whenever, like, I actually have it. Because I'm someone, I do, like, a lot of alone time. Like, I I just do, you know. So, it's like, if I haven't seen you in, like, you know, five, six, seven days, and on that eighth day, like, you come over and you're not really excited to like see me like you're on your phone the whole time like that 
is not quality time and that is when I'm gonna feel very unloved personally is like you know um I'm gonna I just it's because she's our best friend like that's why I keep using her as an example but you know we don't see Allison a lot she's off at college um and so you know some like we'll go days sometimes even weeks without even talking like online or not online or social media (laughs) texting anything like that like we'll go a really long periods of time but every time we see each other like we both look at each other and I'm like Allison she's like Hannah and like we're you know we're excited to see each other and then of course like I'll give her a hug but she's acting excited to see me and that makes me feel loved because I'm like oh like I love quality time and we, we you know we'll go do whatever the other night she came home for a little bit we went to Target and that was fine <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we spent quality time together um but yeah like that's just like an example I don't know if you have any more of like um, being in a relationship, like, what good examples are, um, and I want to speak a little bit on marriages, too, because we can, we have enough experience to talk about how it applies in relationships, um, neither of us have been married before, but, um, we do have, like, some good ideas for, like, if you're, you know, older and married, or maybe you're even a parent, but yeah, if you have any for relationships. Um, like I said, the one in the car, um, so, <laughs> so if you're in a relationship, just go just sit in the car. In the car. <laughs> no, um, my boyfriend's family is from Louisiana, so anytime we go down to Louisiana, um, we usually have about an hour and a half to two hours in the car where we can just talk about whatever and we're not having to worry about my little sister, like, peeping in and listening to a conversation <laughs> or my Shout mom Shout out to Cadence. <laughs> So that's one time or one way that we can um, really find that quality time and be vulnerable with each other. But also um, being able to um, accommodate to what each other is interested in. So um, my boyfriend is very interested in sports and I am as well. But um, like go in to play tennis, even though neither one of us are good at it, (laughs) um, is one of the ways that we can find quality time where we're like, focused in on each other and you didn't know her boyfriend is very competitive yes he's also so very sports is his thing sports <laughs> is his love language <laughs> that, that is his love language sports competitive <laughs> yes anything um yes. but yeah that would be one way for relationship wise but as far as marriage goes I think especially for parents um you know once you get all the kids to bed and everything and taking like 30 minutes to an hour just to sit down Mm -hmm. with your significant other at the table or at the couch where you're listening to their day and listening how they felt or what all went on during the day, how the kids are. That's a great way to spend quality time. Mm -hmm. That's not spending money and not getting away from the kids. Um, I guess like using my parents as an example, I notice a lot of the times they like to go outside and they'll just sit on the porch and they'll drink coffee and they'll just talk and won't even lie. A lot of the times I go in and I interrupt them because I like to go sit outside (laughs) with them. I'm like, Hey guys, good morning. Um, and I'll go and like sit with them, but, um, they don't mind it because that's another, um, good example. If you have a family, like spending quality time with all of you guys, Mm -hmm. um, our family, we love to go sit outside. We love to go sit on the swing. Um, we like to go sit on our deck, like by the fire pit and just talk. And, you know, um, it's small things. If you're all kind of, if your schedules are different, I noticed something that's really important. And I've noticed this in, um, certain people's like homes that I've gone into just from people I've known throughout the years is something that really lacks is, um, you know, asking people, how was your day? Um, how did work go? Um, and I've asked some people this and like, I've noticed they've gotten really surprised. Like when I've asked them because like, they're not used to that. They're not used to somebody asking them how their day was like, um, you know, genuinely interested in like how you feel. Cause you might have, you know, your significant other, your friend or your mom or dad might come in and they might be in a really bad mood. And you're like, gosh, like what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. where is that? And then that's going to make them even more mad unless you're like, Hey, how was your day at work? And they're like, well, this happened, this happened. And then you understand oh, well, obviously they're not in a very good mood because, you know, she's a teacher and a kid cussed her out today. So, yeah, like, you know, and that's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, But I think that's, like, that's a good example for, like, if you're married or even if you have a family, like, just talk to people. Ask your kid, how was your day at school? And I get it. It's harder with teenagers. You know, I was there with my parents. We don't want to talk about it. It was fine, Dad. It was good. I didn't learn anything at school. Right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, stop talking. Like, my poor dad had such a time with me. My dad loves to talk 
and he loves quality time. And I just remember being a teenager and we'd be sitting in the car and he would be like, well, how's your day? It's going like good. <laughs> and it would end. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, that's all I have for that. Yeah, that's all I have as well. Okay. Well, then we'll move on to the next one. So the next one that we have is words of affirmation. And you keep um, kicking me. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> trying to. <laughs> I'm just um, and the definition that I rewrote for that one was showing love and appreciation through words in the form of text, notes, or phone calls. I'm a fan um, of this one. You're afraid of it? No, I said I'm a fan of this oh, one. Oh, you said you're afraid of it. <laughs> I was like, like, why? I think this is my number two. This yeah. is my number two My number well. two, yeah. Um, so I put that first uh, John three eighteen in this section, and it says, Let us not love with words or speech, both action and the truth. And um, under that, I put words of affirmation can be great if they are followed by the action and truth. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know girls especially can really heavily depend on words of affirmation from like other people or their boyfriends or their husbands. And um, that's really important to them. But the reality check comes when I love you doesn't always, I love you and you're loved and appreciated doesn't show when you're not with them. Mm-hmm. And so that can leave you devastated. And that's a way... Um, especially to check with your significant other or with your friends, like if their words of affirmation are aligned with their actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Um, I actually also, in the interview, Dr. Chapman was saying for the words of affirmation, it also has to be genuine. Yes. Um, so like if I'm like, you know, Manali, you're so pretty. Well, if I don't think you're pretty, and I do think you're very pretty, <laughs> that's probably a bad example. But I'm just saying you could use like sorry, other I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, if I don't think like you're pretty, I shouldn't like say that. You know, that's a terrible example. Oh my gosh. No, sorry. no, it, it's okay. Let's say I'm your boyfriend, right? Okay, and I'm like, you know, Manali, like you're so pretty, you know, and like that doesn't sound genuine. It's not genuine, and if you don't mean it then you guys should break up because then that's just a whole other issue you know what I'm saying right um so your words do have to be genuine and um he also was saying we're humans and we can pick up whenever something is not genuine um and that can come with like you know women's intuition or we have that gut feeling or like I don't believe you now trust issues are different like that might mean (laughs) you know you might have trust issues to work on but we do pick up on words that aren't really you know true or genuine like oh well you're just kind of saying that out of obligation now you know it's not really true or genuine yeah um yeah I definitely agree with that there there's a way to say stuff with good intention behind it and Mm -hmm. women anybody can definitely pick up on whether you're saying it intentionally or if you're just saying it because you have to Mm -hmm. you can always um you can always find something good to talk about you know the other person no matter who it is um you can even, like, even if you guys are on bad terms and you're in the biggest argument, you can be like, you know, I just love the way that, you know, you always, like, serve others. And, like, that makes you feel like, wow, that makes me feel, like, really good. Yeah. Um, this one is big for me because growing up, um, this was, I think, my family's love language is very much words of affirmation. We are all, and I... You know, I'm going to give most of the credit to my mom because my mom, me and my sister have a big joke and it's like, um, we'll send a picture to our mom like, hey mom, like, does this shirt look cute? She is never, ever going to tell you really the truth. If it, Now, if my mom says that she doesn't like the shirt, that's an ugly shirt and you need to take it off and you do not need to buy it because it's very, very rare that she ever says something looks bad, but she's very big on words of affirmation. She's very big on encouragement. Um, she's really good at this. So that's like our family's love language I think words of affirmation so I think that's why it's a big one for me too just because I've been used to that um like speaking life over people you know being taught to encourage everybody so yeah I think um this can also be one that people tend to overcomplicate a lot because you know you see on TikTok (laughs) um how you know girls will complain about their boyfriends never calling them pretty or Mm -hmm. beautiful and like all these things (laughs) that where their where their boyfriends are never assuring what um their worth and their value in the relationship. And um, there's no need to overcomplicate this love language. It can mm-hmm. simply be as, it can be as simple as calling your girlfriend pretty or saying that they're valued or they're loved. Like it doesn't have to be this huge long paragraph of yeah. things that you just absolutely adore about them. Just a simple compliment. Yeah. And I promise you it will make their day. Yeah. Or even if it's like, 
in the morning, like if you're sending a good morning text and like there's a big difference for somebody especially who loves words of affirmation between saying good morning or good morning beautiful or mm -hmm. good morning I hope you have a great day. Like there's a huge difference in between like the energy is so different between those. Um yes. Like the smallest things it really is. Right. And I think it's okay too because this was like a debate that I listened to in the interview. Do you think it's okay to like have to tell your partner their love language or are they just kind of like stuck figuring it out? And I think, like, it definitely is okay to tell your partner, like, what your love languages are things that mean a lot to you. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the only part that can fail is whenever your partner is not meeting that love language. Yes. Um, that's when things start to struggle. We'll talk about that at the end, though. <laughs> yes. Um, my last point that I wanted to say was um, how God shows words of affirmation in the Bible. Um, by looking up and seeing what and who he says we are through him, he mm -hmm. can, you can, we can see that God calls us beautiful, worth more than rubies, and loved. Um, Song of Solomon, while it talks about the intimacy between a man and a woman, can also be viewed from the point of view of God talking about his child and features many words of affirmation. And God does not leave it at affirmation, but also shows it through his love for us. His actions back up his promises. I am so glad you put that in there because I love like Song of Solomon, like I, I've read through the whole thing and I love mm -hmm. it because I know the actual like, you know, yeah, like everybody like laughs and giggles and they're like, ah, Song of Solomon, like, and then it just makes everything awkward. Like, yeah. yes, it does apply to like, you know, like physical intimacy and all that. But the main thing is um, like that is how, you know, our relationship with God is viewed um, yes. and the words that he affirms in us and everything like that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Our next point is physical touch, and that is simply put, love shown through touching. This is not to be confused with sexual intimacy. Um, in the past, I've been told by a guy that um, sex is should be a part of our relationship because physical touch is his love language. No. And that could <laughs> not be further from the truth. Um, if a guy ever, or a girl, ever says that to you, that is because they are wanting you for sex and not for your genuine self yeah and um so <laughs> i so put that physical touch can be shown by holding hands a hug or a touch of recognition in public no oh, yeah that's very true because a lot of people um or if we're talking about like being in a relationship um like they like it whenever you go up to them and you hold their hand like you do that voluntarily like they don't have to do it like you do it first like you hold their hand or they might even like um if you like sit close to them so if you see they're sitting yeah. down we'll go and sit like next to them like on the couch or wherever you know um I actually heard it in a church sermon before it was a love series that was done at um, one of the churches that I used to go to and he basically like he was saying his love language was physical touch and he was like even um my wife giving me a high five like <laughs> made me feel loved um and I you know this one is pretty you know simply put um it's just you know like you said like <laughs> love that's you know felt through small touches um, and I heard in one of Dr. Chapman's interviews, one of the questions was, well, me and my boyfriend, like, we're a long distance and his love language is physical touch. Like, what do we do? And he said, well, um, I had this with somebody who was actually married and her husband's love language was physical touch, but he was in the military, so he's gone. So she, um, <laughs> it's going to sound funny, she traced her hand and put it like in, I don't know, an envelope or mail, whatever, and shipped it to him. And he has like that handprint of hers or whatever. And like whenever he would like put his hand on it, or she was like, whenever you miss me and you ever want to hold my hand, like put your hand on that paper. And like Aww. somehow that was like, no, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not shipping my, <laughs> like, it's kind of, you, if I had to, I definitely would. It's, you know, but like that just shows that, you know, physical touch can be met without a physical touch. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and there was another, ugh, there was another example. I should have wrote it down um, about like what to do whenever like you're long distance and your physical touch. Um, but there are small ways to do that. And um, also just have, I also read too, just having a picture 
of your significant other, like of just your significant other, like hanging in your room or by your bedside actually activates the same part of your brain as whenever you get a hug. So I thought that was like pretty interesting. So there are ways to feel loved if your love language is physical touch, but that's not always available to you. Yeah, that's very, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, the last thing that I had put under that was um, feeling loved via physical touch can be uncomfortable for some, but it's not always something as deep as giving a super long hug or always holding hands. Is that at me? Um, <laughs> at, a lot of people, a lot of people don't like physical touch yeah. in a relationship. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, yeah, it can be as simple as, like you said, giving a high five or a fist bump or, mm-hmm. you know, just patting them on the back when they need it or whatever. Yeah. But, a fist um, bump. <laughs> as, <laughs> love you. <laughs> as far as, like, um, in terms of how God shows physical touch, because, you know, none of us have been physically touched by God. Um, God, I think, shows physical touch through the comfort that He provides when we pray for it. Um, because like in the midst of anxiety or just loneliness, you know, God, if you pray for it, God's going to give you that peace and comfort. And that is his way of physical touch. Mm-hmm. And he holds you. Yes. And he holds he'll you. He'll hold you. He'll carry you through certain things and you'll feel like loved by God. And even Dr. Chapman said, some people do have a, like a physical encounter with God. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's like different denominations like you know whatever um and some people like do but most people like you don't really hear of that so like you said I think that's a way that he shows us and sometimes I think he can even show us through people too yes you know like when you're really hurting and you're really feeling bad if your love language is physical touch like you have that friend who's like do you just want to hug like you know (laughs) you know what I'm saying so yeah that's true is that all for a physical touch yeah that one's pretty self-explanatory so moving on um, the next one is acts of service. Um, I like this one. Also. I rephrased it as doing what's inconvenient or possibly not your responsibility to show love, like going out of your way to do something for somebody. Um, this is quite self-explanatory, mm-hmm. but um, for some examples, I guess it could be like um, taking on somebody else's chore, like. You know, my sister will take on a chore of mine if I'm doing a bunch of school work. Does she? Sometimes. Does she, she doesn't know? like it, but she does do it. That's so sweet. Shout out to Cadence. <laughs> we love you, girl. Um, or, you know, bringing me a Dr. Pepper. Like, Hannah will bring me, like, a tea to work sometimes. And, like, just going out of your way to do what's inconvenient or not always fun for somebody. Yeah. So, um... This is actually my dad's way of showing love. Um, So this is the love language that he shows to others. He has always been the kind of person. Now, look, he is not really who to go to. I love him, but words of affirmation is not normally his thing in a time of, like, crisis or anything. And I think that's just, like, a dad thing, like, in general. But his has always been acts of service from, like, just the time from when I was little. Um... Up until now, he always wants to do what he can to take the burden off of others. So even in his job, like, he'll do what he can to go out of his way to, um, you know, go the extra mile for someone. But for, you know, being older, things I know is he'll do, like, he will, like, take my car and, like, run it through the car wash. Or he'll vacuum my car out for me or get the trash out of my car for me. (laughs) If you can't, yeah, okay, my car can really... (laughs) <laughs> it can be down bad sometimes. Um, but that's just, like, how he, like, shows love to us is he wants to take that burden off of us because I won't even lie. Like, my car will probably not get vacuumed out if he did <laughs> he not do not it. it. <laughs> did not do it as often as he did. So that is a way that also... that's I think that's why it's kind of high up on my love language list. Like, it was really close to... Um, to the words of affirmation one was acts of service because I've always been shown that, like, through my dad. Yeah. Um... And he also is the type of person, he likes to, like, do stuff for my mom. Like, he'll, like, do the dishes or he'll, like, eh, every now and again he'll cook. Not He don't like to cook, though. Um, <laughs> but there are, like, small, you know, things that he likes to do to show, like, his acts of service. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be something big. Yeah. It can be just, just as simple as, like, helping with the dishes or, you know, mm-hmm. he cleaned our sunglasses right before one of the baseball games. Oh, he did to, do like... that. Yeah, my dad. And he, we were not leaving to go to that game until he <laughs> got the sunglasses, like, spotless. <laughs> yes. So, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be this big act of service. It mm-hmm. can be something as simple as cleaning yeah. some of my sunglasses for him. Mm-hmm. He came up even... Um, 
to the place that I work because the door broke. (laughs) And so he had just gotten home from like a long day at work, but he came up there and he was not leaving until that door got fixed and he was happy to do it, you know, even though he's probably very, very tired. I have definitely relied on my dad for the acts of service part of my life, so. Yes, me and you both. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is that all we have to say? I think that's pretty much it. Um, For biblical stance, Mm -hmm. um, acts of service can be shown by God. Through well, we first have the example of Jesus washing each other or his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a physical version of acts of service, yeah. but also um, God sends people into our lives to show acts of service, like your dad and your mm-hmm. life, and my dad and my life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also can be shown in, um, you know, like miracles, I guess, because you know you be you'll you be <laughs> you be. you'll be praying over something like you know God I really need to do good on this test or I really need this stressor to like decrease a little bit and like God's gonna help you out in that and show you like His love through taking that weight off of you mm-hmm. um, and helping you to not helping you pass the test but giving you the confidence and yeah ability to yeah. and also through like. Um, like just serving opportunities like whether it's like um like somebody whose love language is acts of service like they'll be happy to go and serve in their community or like on mission trips like that's another like biblical standpoint of how um acts of service plays a big part in that right i think that's pretty much it for that one yeah um our last one is going to be receiving gifts Manali has no notes on this one. Zero points for this one because I quit after acts of service. (laughs) She was like, I don't understand the receiving gifts, like whatever, like (laughs) you go for it. Um receiving gifts is simply put as receiving gifts. Yeah. Um I think this one can definitely this one can be not be like big things too. Like, you know, it doesn't have because some I was saying before that I was like, that's an expensive love language. But as I thought about it, it really doesn't have to be because I'm pretty I don't know, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure my sister's love language is um receiving gifts because I know when her and um her now husband were dating, I know it would mean a lot to her whenever he would memorize her coffee order and he would surprise her with her favorite coffee and like her face would just like light up and she would feel you could tell she felt like super loved. Um or even, you know, just in general for Christmas, I know that my sister loves sloths. <laughs> so for Christmas I got her a sloth experience at the zoo and like she was just like so excited and she felt like so loved because like I knew love for sloths <laughs> it doesn't sound so funny to say <laughs> but um like I think it definitely doesn't have to be anything big or even I know this was probably in words of affirmation but like even writing a small note to me I think could be considered a gift mm-hmm. um like just writing them a sweet little note and putting it on like you know get them a candy bar like something like that um yeah. in one of Dr. Chapman's interviews um somebody said something like I don't think that you know my wife's is any she's any of the love language she her love language is just chocolate and so and dr chapman was like well let me correct you um that would be under receiving gifts because she feels loved when you go and get her chocolate and i was like wow like you know that's kind of cool to you know they each fit into a category yeah um but yeah it doesn't have to be anything big and this definitely is a love language for some people um, and it doesn't have to be very big. You don't have to have a lot of money to accommodate to this person's love language, I promise. Like, it can be anything or even, like, I guess this could relate to, like, children, too. You know, like, little children like to go out into, like, the garden and they'll pick a flower that's they probably should not have. But they bring it to you and they're like, here, I got you a flower. And that might, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, that kind of, like, develops in children, too. Like, we're, you know... They like to, like, give gifts, and they like to, you know, do stuff like that. And I think even as you're older, like, there are some girls who love receiving flowers. There there are flowers that are literally, like, $10 at Corner Market. I've literally seen them there. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't take a lot to appease somebody who likes to receive gifts. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not about the quantity of the gift, but the quality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, this is kind of random, but... For my birthday, my boyfriend got me this little messenger box. And so anytime he is just 
thinking about sending me a message instead of going via text or Snapchat, he will send, use the app to send me a message and the heart like spins around. Oh, I didn't know that. And that's I can so open the box and it's a little message of whatever. Um, oh, that's so nice. He wanted to tell me that day. So, that's so sweet. He got it for <laughs> me for like um, when we go long distance in the summer and we're not able to see each other as much. Uh, like that is one way that like mm-hmm. receiving gifts can be can be met met, but mm-hmm. also um, I guess it kind of goes with words of affirmation as well. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it does not have to be anything big. You do not have to have all this money to like you said appease somebody who has this type of love, mm-hmm. love language. Um, mm-hmm. It's about the thought that that's behind it and that you were thinking of them when you got it. Mm-hmm. And I think from a biblical standpoint. Um, you know, God gives us gifts and blessings every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that, a love language that God definitely, I mean, he meets them all daily, but this is especially one that we get to see. Mm-hmm. We get to physically see this, you know, and there is, that goes to like gratitude and everything like that. There is something to be thankful for every day. God has given you a blessing today. Even if you, if, if you're not seeing it, it's because you're not you're not allowing yourself to see it. Um, you know, it could simply be, it could be a terrible day and be like, well, you know what? Like my family is healthy and they're safe. And, um, there's a lot of people out there who, whose families aren't healthy or happy or safe, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe I don't have like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but I have a best friend who is like always there for me, or I have parents that are always there for me or, um, you know, like, there's just different, like, you have blessings in your life. God has given you gifts daily, and he continues to do that because he's a loving God, and he wants us to live abundantly, so. Yes. Yeah. Is that it for that one? Yep. Okay, so now that we've wrapped up all the love languages, oh, that was, I loved this episode so far. Um, I wanted to go back and talk about how we can, like, apply this um, in not just, like, the good aspects of dating, because people can confuse. This is where relationship and marriage failure starts is when um, you're not putting an effort to meet the other's love language. Well, I mean, look, this isn't taught. This is besides like abuse, infidelity, all of that. Like if that's happening and like don't listen to this. But I'm just saying if it's the reason is because like, oh, you're incompatible or like we just, you know, fell out of love, which a lot of people like to say you're simply not meeting each other's love languages or like you're not trying to. Um, and this can also, um, knowing your partner's love language or just your friend, parent, whoever helps resolve conflict too. So for example, if, um, you know, let's say my love language is quality time, but the person I'm dating there um, love language is words of affirmation. So I have to remember during this argument or disagreement, the words I say have a lot of power over this person. So I need to be very careful not to bash them or put them down or be disrespectful to them because, you know, that they're going to take that really personally, even though I don't mean it that way. But I have to be, you know, I have to be selfless and remember their love language. Or if, um, you know, my love language is quality time, well, like, you don't need to be dismissing like the argument like if we're in person like you need to um put your phone down listen to me listen to what I have to say you know hear the words I'm saying you know you have to balance each other out um Mm -hmm. or if your partner's love language is physical touch and look this one is hard for me because when I'm mad or I'm upset I really don't want to hug that person I don't want to do that but that's where we have to be selfless enough like well if his love language is physical touch, like, maybe he just needs a hug, like, maybe that will make them instantly feel better, and a lot of times it does, like, (laughs) um, can make everything better for them, um, and, you know, that applies in, like, all aspects, or all the love languages, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, uh, conflicts can be resolved in, like, knowing each other's love language and being selfless and not prideful enough to let that guard down and stop holding the grudge to be able to accommodate and serve them Mm -hmm. in the way that they need to be served yeah because a lot of um arguments stem from us being selfish on both ends you know um yeah prideful (laughs) prideful um selfish like all of those things and it's when you put those guards down and you remember their love language um i have some statistics (laughs) the english major in me did some research on this and i put it on a google doc also (laughs) so i'm gonna go to that real quick um 
because I thought they were really interesting because the first thing that I was interested in is what is the number one cause of divorce as of 2022? Um, I guess it was in the U.S. I'm not really sure, but I don't know if you want to try to guess, but I thought it was going to be infidelity, um, which is what I thought was going to be the biggest divorce cause. Um, I have no idea, to be honest with you. It was actually incompatibility. I know, I was like, because, you know, you wouldn't think somebody would have to get all the way to marriage to realize, like, oh, we're just incompatible. So, this kind of goes towards our, how Manali and I kind of view love, and we've always agreed that love is a choice. It can also, like, yes, you can feel the feelings of love, and you can get that serotonin and that adrenaline, like, when you meet somebody. And actually, Dr. Chapman said the... Um, like I guess we call it the honeymoon stage and those natural feelings of love have a maximum of two years I was like gosh that's a long time for like a honeymoon phase you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but that shows why like a lot of people who get married based off of those feelings they end up divorced because they're not coming naturally anymore you actually have to try to love that person you have to learn their love language you have to learn how to love them um but I thought that was interesting like the incompatibility well I I don't know that it's more so you're incompatible maybe you guys just didn't learn how to love each other you fell in love with those feelings of love instead of you know learning those love languages learning how your partner feels loved because a lot of the times I think conflict can arise from something that's like well um if let's say my boyfriend his the way he likes to show love is through um gift giving but that one is really low on my list so if he gives me this gift and I don't really react too much to it he's gonna be like you're so ungrateful like why didn't like I tried to do this for you and I tried to do that for you and you weren't grateful for it no 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 like of course, like, you're going to be grateful for it, but that's not my love language, you know, like, there's something that I value more, and, you know, we can't help that, like, we have to appease to those love languages, like, I mean, obviously, if they get you a gift, don't, you know, actually be ungrateful for it, like, say thank you and all this, but, you know, there, there's something else you value more, there's a different love language that you got to appease to, and I think working on that together can can really help, because I think conflict can stir up from, showing your partner the wrong love language yes I definitely agree and I think that goes back to like you said earlier like it it's okay to talk about um what your love language is so your partner knows because it's honestly kind of crazy of you to sit there and like make him guess or make her guess (laughs) and I won't even like girls are bad about doing that we want them to figure it out (laughs) yeah yeah and like you know guys do not have the natural ability to Mm -hmm. figure that stuff out so by telling them um, and letting them know what you, how you feel the most loved, it's going to help them in the long run and help your relationship in the long run. So you don't have to have that talk mm-hmm. one, two years into your relationship yeah. where you're just all burnt out by that point anyways. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's never too late to figure out each other's love. No, but even if not. you're married, like if you're married, you can fix this right now. Yes. Like for real. And I think, you know, cause I said a flaw of us girls is like, well, why don't they know? Like, why do I have to tell them? Like if me and Manali have had that conversation many times, like, mm-hmm. gosh, they're so dumb. Like, can they not tell that like, this is my love language, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we're guilty about doing that. But, um, I think a flaw for guys also is guys can tend to get really defensive. So if a girl brings up like, hey, like, I was really grateful you got me that gift, but, like, it would mean a lot to me, like, if you were better at, like, you know, words of affirmation. Well, guys can get really defensive and be like, well, I've done this for you, and I've done that for you, and I, you know, they'll start naming off all the things they have done right instead of, you know what what I'm saying? Um, It's like, it's not that. Look at the love languages. Like, how can you meet their love language? We're not perfect. We're not always going to get it right, but it does take effort. Some days it's going to be you know, more effortless than others, you know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, and I also, in every single interview, um, every single podcast, like everything I listened to with Dr. Chapman, every time he mentioned failure in relationships and marriage starts when your love tank isn't full. Um, So that's not just when it's halfway full or a fourth of the way full, like it has to be all the way full every single day. 
Um, and like we said, like that takes effort. And a good way to do this is to ask your partner, how full is your love, your love tank today? And if they say anything less than 10, then um, you need to ask them, how can I love you more? How can I love you better? They're like that is so good. And like that prevents from saying, well, maybe I didn't do that today, but I did this and this and this. So like, right. it's okay. Like, no, like That's you need to listen. I know. I was like, that is good for both, both people to learn. Yeah. And it also goes to show like, you know, like talking about incompat- incompatibility being like the number one reason for divorce is just mm-hmm. showing lack of investment in each other and yeah. like getting to know each other too. I know it kind of goes back three points, but um, and like checking on each other's love tank mm-hmm. does show investment in like care in that you yeah. want them to. And some feel people like times. just don't care. Yeah, and some people don't. You have and to care. Red flag. <laughs> red, red flag. <laughs> they don't care. Um, but you know, and I and I would say because I I don't know if anybody's in a relationship or a marriage right now where they feel kind of stuck and like that person doesn't care. Like I care about meeting their love language and I want to try for this, but they don't. Please like pray over that. Be persistent in prayer that God would change their heart and work something out because there's a reason you're in the place that you're in. Now this is if you're in a relationship and it's like toxic, like you know you need to you, Different know, situation. you need to be so you need to do some reevaluating. But you know as far as everything else, um definitely keep praying over it, talk to them about it, and show them their love language. And in turn, I think once you appeal to that person's love language, they're going to start returning the favor. It's like a, um, you know, positive reinforcement, you know? Yes. And then, I'm almost done, I promise. But the number one cause, because I was like, well, what's the number one cause of relationship failure? Because, you know, for marriage, um, divorce was incompatibility, but for relationship failure... Um, the number one thing was lack of trust and communication. Like, and I was like, wow, um, hello, quality time, <laughs> you know, and sitting down, having those hard conversations and learn like that, I think is just not knowing your partner's love language, mm-hmm. not getting to know them well enough to learn that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just establishing trust in general, because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not accommodating to that other person's love language, you're not going to trust them enough to... Mm-hmm that they don't know how to love you that that does cause distrust in the relationship exactly and I think I I think we discussed this before I can't remember if I said this at the beginning of the podcast but the number one love language for both men and women was quality time so I think that just and that's not everybody's but that was like the I thought it was interesting for men and women everywhere the number one for them was quality time and I thought that was really interesting because a lot of people a lot of men can be like no mine's physical touch like you said because (laughs) of like intimacy and that's not it you know um so I think that just goes to show that quality time is definitely lacking in our generation in our society um and how we can appeal to this put the phones down go outside go for a walk get to know each other and talk and communicate um technology can be used for good call them, FaceTime them. I personally hate talking on the phone (laughs) and that's just me. But in order, if you're long distance and you need to get to know somebody, give them a call, talk to them, have a conversation and get to know them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Okay. I really like this episode. This was a good one. I've been so excited to do this one. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was all we really have for today. We are also looking forward to next, no, not next week. Whenever the next, yeah. Whenever the next podcast episode releases, we are really, really excited for that one. We can't wait to share that one all with you guys. But other than that, I think that we are going to go ahead and wrap this up. We're going to go ahead and move into our last segment, which is what God has been teaching us lately. So basically for this, Manali and I just kind of um, recap on... Uh, what we think God is doing in our lives at the moment and what he is teaching us through that. So do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I can go first. Okay. So something that the Lord's been really harping on my life is that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Um, that's something that my mom always tells me that's anytime the, that I'm yeah. really struggling with other people <laughs> Stephanie's, sometimes. Stephanie's um, main quote. <laughs> yes, her life motto. Yeah. But um, just not trying to live for other people but live for God and what he has for me mm-hmm. and um focusing on me and God rather than what other people have to say mm-hmm. and that can be that can be a hard pill to swallow too because I remember like your mom's even given me that advice before I mean just growing up in high school and like you know being excluded from things or whatever people just not liking you for no reason like well you're not everybody's cup of tea and you're not gonna be yeah so, yeah um 
I think for me, okay, so if you guys have listened to Manali's uh, testimony episode, you know that there was a season in her life where God was sending her a clear message of, like, to be still, and you know, you kept seeing that everywhere. Well, lately, God's been doing something, like, similar for me, and it's been the words, take heart. I've been seeing that pop up, it seems like, everywhere, and God has also been kind of, like, um, like, laying that on my heart, like, anytime I pray for something specific that I don't really have an answer to, like, I just hear God say, like, take heart, and so that's what I've been trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out, what does that mean, <laughs> and I remember you doing that, too, with Be Still, you're like, well, what, how, like, what am I supposed to do, yeah. and that's kind of what I've been trying to figure out lately, is, like, to take heart, I guess, just, you know, like, trusting in that the Lord's plan is gonna prevail, and, like, he has me and I um am in a really good place right now too with like trusting in the Lord's plan prevailing and feeling really confident in it and that his plan is gonna prevail yeah yeah word Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it for me do you have anything else to add I don't think so no okay well we are gonna go ahead and end the episode here and we will see you guys um not next week but the next for a really special episode that we are really excited for so all right bye guys bye Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode today. And if you liked it, please be sure to subscribe to us and follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at Through Faith Podcast and everything will be linked down below. And if you have any questions or episode ideas that you'd like to hear from us, please be sure to email us and I'll also link that down in the description below. Bye guys. <laughs>